Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Risking Failure. And we are pushing failure to all new limits today as we <laughs> go into a conversation about those days when you have that either demoralizing experience or that demoralizing conversation in your own head. If you're a new listener, you may not be familiar with our shows. Mick is on one side of the world. I'm on this side of the world in Australia. And the two of us chew the fat over whatever's possibly on our mind or we've been requested to talk about from a listener. But today, (laughs) Mick had a great opening story and I said, Mick, stop talking. Just press record so we can hear it. Mate, Hmm. how are you? Oh, I just, you set this up beautifully, mate. (laughs) I am feeling raring to go. I'm doing quite well, actually, but... Other than my voice, is I lost my voice. I don't know why. So um, I'm just recovering from that, having been on the phone all day for days. You know, when you're trying to actually recover from something like that, and then you can't recover because you just got to keep talking to people constantly. Anyway, but you um, used a lot of words to say that. I know, and then I you could have recovered your voice yeah. by being <laughs> by being thank, language efficient. Thanks. Yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, but in any case, so if I'm a little croaky today, sorry, but um, yeah, so this week I had one of those moments where, as I reflected on the moment during the week, I just I remember exactly what I was doing, where I was, as this thought entered my mind, and basically, um, you know, sort of like this. I've had this ongoing feeling of the last few months of like feeling like I'm much more on the boundary of comfort level, if you want to say that. Like, I'm, but like I feel like I'm pushing new territory and boundaries that are uncharted and is all very exciting and interesting and nerve wracking all at the same time. You know, I mean, it's the, the idea of being in a startup. Essentially, that's what it's related to is in the world of business for me right now. The, the thought that came to me, though, was like, wow, i got all these big things going on and, and interesting stuff and challenging stuff, and it, it, it it's this big roller coaster ride. And then I was like, wait a minute. On a day-to-day level, am I really pushing myself? Like, am I really – I'm not actually doing anything that's uncomfortable. I'm, I'm maintaining what feels like – a fairly comfortable, um, I'm just not pushing myself. And I was like, am I just like waiting for other people to take the, the risks and like do the cold calls or do the, like the, 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 the stuff that you don't normally do. And I was like, you know, I was just doing this quick internal survey of like, am I doing anything? And Did you I do were doing today? this for the story. It was juicier when you said you were doing this as you were filling up your car with fuel. Yeah, this is right. Because it was such that, a that was, those things are such menial tasks, and yeah, you know, I didn't even think of that. Now that you say that, I guess that would have been rather important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Made the story way more interesting. No, it, it was because when you were telling me, I could just relate because I was like, yeah, you know, you stand there f- filling up with fuel, or you're you're doing something like basic, like yeah. hanging up washing yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is exactly right. And you're like, like yeah. you're like, I'm working so hard to try to make my life interesting, and here. I am again. And and it was it was one of those things where I swear I got out of the car feeling good. 
And I got back in the car. (laughs) 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 I had no conversation with anyone other than myself in that two minutes. (laughs) That's amazing, isn't it? This is this is like um, literally as though and 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 I saw the whole thing happening. Like it was as though I observed the entire event and just went. I got out of that car feeling powerful and got back in feeling like a third grader that just failed on a science test or something. It like, just shows you, though, like what, like our life is purely the way we see it. Like it, it, nothing changed. You just looked at something different. So when you go to a party, you got a pimple on your face. If you're focused on the pimple, you know, you, you, you lose all confidence. But if you, if you I don't even know the pimple's there, you just strutting around think you're it i remember doing a debutante ball and looking in the mirror at the end of the night it would have been in year 11 or something and i've got this huge whitehead on my lip that had just popped up in the last two hours or something and i remember thinking oh my god <laughs> i was thinking i was the coolest guy in my tuxedo and and then i had this and then i revisited it the entire evening and realizing that everything i was doing was just fraud it wasn't really fraud but it wasn't as successful as i thought it was Hmm. Um, but I like this, uh, this, uh, this, go, this, go this. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying this was something where uh, it's a reflection back on something going, oh, man, I actually didn't do a good job of this or that or, you know, I didn't realize I had, you know, a whitehead. But um, it was just more one of those, like, talking, questioning, asking this question of am I doing enough or or – um, but that's a principle of know. growth, I think, in that, not, not a but, yeah. as a, I think that is inherent in growth, in that if I, if, if I look at my life, if, you know, as a person, not Mark Dobson, just anyone, if I look at my life and think, where do I want to be? And, and I critically observe it, then I can, I can be in pain because I can notice I'm not where I want to be or, Yet, if I don't look, that's what I say, ignorance is bliss. It's not really bliss. It's actually just means you're delaying a problem. But where if I don't look at it, if I don't seek to grow, I just am fully accepting of my life and don't seek to be more from a spiritual point of view. It says that's what you should be doing. Just just allow, be. But, but there's an ignorant way of doing that as well where it's just, I just don't want to look. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to discuss any kind of growth because I because discomfort and discomfort and struggle and pain they're sort of inherent in growth process and and also this like am I doing enough am I pushing myself enough am I am I using my life the best it could be that's a really tough question. I think it's a one-dimensional question, really, because life is not complete without boring days. It's not complete without – you can't have elite performance without underperformance. You can't have great days without a poor day. You just can't, can you? Right. I guess it's a bit of that, right? But um, I'm trying to draw a comparison to something that's a little more tangible, I guess, but um, – you know, I guess you could say it's like a swimmer that's kind of making their way up 
the ranks and going from states to nationals and, you know, triads for Olympics. And so that like all of the overlying things look really good to them. The direction feels great. The right people are saying the right things, but they're having these, but they have that moment where they go, but I'm not, I'm eating like shit or I'm not training like, I'm bailing out or I'm showing up to training late or whatever it is. Like they just start doing this internal inventory and realizing like, I'm not really doing like as good as I could be. Mm. Um, I, oh, so, but the question's so tough because it, like, it's true. Like with the, the athlete that's measuring every single part of their, their, uh, their diet and their performance that the rest of us go, wow, but they're not looking at, at what they, they're not comparing themselves to the rest of the population. They're looking at the person that's faster than them or ahead of them that they want to be like. And, and therefore, you know, the growth so significant, they get more and more critical in the detail where somebody like, sometimes I see people really out of shape and eating crap and, and, I don't know how they want to live like that, but they don't care because they're not necessarily striving to be anything different or they've given up perhaps, or they just don't want to, or they don't value it. So for me to have a, to eat the same food or to live the same way would be, there's a conflict because I have an idealism or a growth I'm trying to enjoy. I, just, just so I've got an example as well. I, I rode into the city today to check out a venue for the next live more seminar, right? Which, and, uh, and I rode my bike in and it started to rain and riding through the city and I haven't ridden my bike for ages and where I live is really flat, but in the city, it's not so flat. And I started to be confronted by my lack of cycling fitness. And as I'm riding along and getting into a damp sweat, even though it's bloody raining and meant to walk in and meet the, you know, the, the lady that's kind of showing me the place and everything. I was like, do you think Anthony Robbins rides a bicycle to go and look at the venue he's going to speak in? <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is the stuff. Right, right. And that's why I laugh at your example because I was like, I was like, God a, damn, that, at what point do I not do this? Yes, yes. <laughs> well, I, I wasn't sort of so much like, it wasn't a status thing, but that was it. I was like, well, I think... That, you know, whatever, the equivalent of an Anthony Robbins in, in, in my world or whatever, whoever, an Elon Musk, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that he's going at his day with a little more gumption than I am. You know what I mean? Like, just like he's putting his ass on the line. You just imagine people like that doing these things and and not being afraid to just pick up the phone and, and call whoever the hell they want and get a meeting wherever the hell they want, <laughs> you know, and... um. But I think that, okay, so let's say they do that. Let's say they pick up the phone and make a phone call. That's not done every moment of their day. I just think when the opportunity pops up to take that action, we want to take that action. And there's going to be another time you've just got to fill your car with petrol. <laughs> you just, you just, and unless you're paying someone else to do it. But then I often think how with the wealthy people I know, I see them, and I'm, I'm guilty of this too, 
trying to buy like a minimalism. So, for example, we have a cleaner come to the house. So, some people go, that's outrageous, but we're like, that's fantastic. And then, so so they clean the house and we pay for that. And then you think of something else. You're like, I wish I want someone to clean my car as well. And you can end up having, trying to look at every single thing that you don't like doing and trying to buy someone to buy someone's time to do it for you. But it becomes this infinite thing where it's like, oh, there's a bit of, oh, there's a bit of food on this fork. Oh, like there's a bit of this fork's dirty in the restaurant or something. You know, like, oh, there's a chip in this glass and it's, it's, it's never enough. It, and hmm. it's this infinite trying to fix yeah, things. You, you just end up filling your time with more bullshit stuff to try you do. to- you outsource, do. like what you're saying, yeah. like somebody else should take care of this so I can free my time up and not deal with the messy fork. But yeah, um, well, and, and yeah. I, I totally get that. I mean, you know, and I think you understand, like it wasn't about the pumping of petrol for me. It, it was just about this comparison in a bit of a vague, similar way to what you're talking about of like um, just thinking about whether... Um, whether I might look back on this period and go, did I really do it? Did I really give it a good crack or did I just sort of put myself in a situation that seemed to be giving a good crack? And then I actually sat back. Am I sitting back or am I going full throttle here? But this, 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 like, comes, this is, I hear, but this all comes down to, it's all relative, isn't it? To what you think the purpose of life is. Mm. See, because then the internal dialogue on the way home is I was thinking about, oh, I don't remember that. All I just remember is the moment of thinking this and that I don't remember what I worked through in my brain afterwards. But um, to some extent, you know, as I think about the process of what I was thinking, it's like asking questions of like, well, what else would I be doing? Well, you know, should I be making more phone calls and trying to drum up more business, for example, which just try to meet new people and get in to do more presentations. And, and then I'm like, well, well, hold on. Like I'm going to be up until one 30 this morning in the morning, which is what happened last night. Um, writing and catching up on all of the proposals and all of the emails that I overdue on people that I told them I'd, you know, like I've got this long list of people I've been saying, I'm sorry, I'm not getting back to you. I haven't forgotten you. Like, and I was like, I can't do another one of those emails. This just has to happen now. I can't. And I did that just, just again, before we had the podcast here, I quickly banged out an email. I was like, I can't delay this any longer. I just have to send this information. And, you know, because you can only fill your days with so much. And I was like, so then I was trying to remind myself, wait a minute, like you've got a full plate of stuff that's important that needs to be done. So what are you going to drop that? So you can go talk to somebody you've never met just for the sake of it feeling uncomfortable, but potentially be rich with opportunity. So, you know, like I was having these probably, probably ongoing conversations and that's how I, you know, you talk yourself down from the ledge, so to speak. But yeah, it's tricky to who you're listening to. Like when you said you compare yourself to say Elon Musk, or I could consider myself to say, you know, in that situation, someone like Anthony Robbins, who's running regular seminars, you know, really we're often comparing ourselves to somebody in a different age bracket and a different stage of business. And, and then that all becomes quite unhealthy. And then you also say, well, do you want to live, a life like that person. Like we all might say we want more money, but 
all right, so you had more money, like that's you got to be prepared to do something to get that and then you think through what you have to do to get that you know i don't ever want to do that and yeah so like i i agree with the whole like those times when you just you go really am i still doing this and like we had an experience recently with our holiday house like everyone comes down and enjoys our place and and we love having them there but when everybody leaves it's pretty epic for us to clean up and we were sort of just looking at ourselves, cleaning up again, thinking we bought this house so that we could have holidays. What, what are we doing this for again? And we hire cleaners too, to, but that the cleaner doesn't pack your car for you. You know, it doesn't, they don't, they don't make sure that all the, the dishes are put back in the right spots or someone says, Oh, nobody yeah. ate this pie. What should we do with the pie? And like, Oh, we'll chuck it in the esky. We'll take it home as well. And you know, like 25 loaves of bread. <laughs> yeah. Like after the wedding, there was so much bread left. Like it was just that oh, we punched the wrong, someone punched the wrong number or something. And we, and in the Irish, there's a tradition of sending people home with a loaf of bread, which I didn't know about. But once I heard about it, I was sending everybody out the door with a loaf of bread. Um, and yeah, what are we going to do with this? You don't want to throw it out. And then all oh, the recycling bins full. You're like, what are we going to do with that? Oh, I don't know. I'll go to the tip on the way home, I guess, and dump it there. Or, or you've got a bag of trash in your boot. And you're like, how did the hell did this happen? Because if it was my choice, I wouldn't have this. I wouldn't do this. So then you wind back and go, well, how did it happen? And, and you can put a few things in place. But at some point, you're never immune to, to the name. I think you're never immune to the... The contrast, the 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 um, sort of the the yeah, the contrast of having great days and bad days, and um, and it was interesting. Like Brad was talking about Anthony Robbins one time, where uh, they were all flying to Egypt or something on one of his courses, and they all just had to wait in the airport. And Anthony Robbins was laying on the floor having a nap with his head on a bag, just like the rest of the planet has to, because it's an airport. It's you know, at some point it doesn't matter if you're a member of whatever club and at some point sometimes it just plays out that that that's the best mm-hmm. piece of real estate available mm-hmm. and you're tired and, you know? and, yeah and i I'm, i don't actually tend to have somebody like that i do compare myself to it's just randomly picking somebody like elon musk mm-hmm. who i actually don't know a whole lot about but mm-hmm. I, I generally i was asking myself that question do i have somebody that i constantly pull into my mind and go well am i like that person and i i don't feel like i do um, but it's not so much a but, but a, a, an additional thought I had as you were talking, man, was about bringing more context to this for me was I seem to be able to notice myself, uh, grow into or lean into or move into uncomfortable situations and, wonder whether I am resisting the uncomfortable things I need to do to get out of them. Does that make sense? And it's like this juxtaposition where I seem to be willing to make, to take the risk to go in. And it's as though I sometimes find myself having these down moments where I'm analyzing myself and going, are you willing to do the uncomfortable stuff at that you need to do to get through this, like to get out of it? Or are you just putting yourself in the uncomfortable space for the hell of it or something? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, the two are just, they just work together. But in the same way, like 
a perfect example if I just look at like my work you know project wise you know that this stuff I'll do that sometimes is a little bit um you know like uh, risky or whatever in terms of um stuff is like like innovating or something and this might not quite work but you know I think it can work and then you build it and then you know I've had a project recently where things did, didn't go the way I wanted it to and the client wasn't unhappy but I just had to deal with issues and um and spend money to go fix things that I just wasn't proud of and so but I was denying it. it it took too long for me to go do it and I wasn't even asked to I just did it because I was like I'm not comfortable or proud of the outcome yet and I'm, I'm denying that because it's going to take time and money and a lot of like potential embarrassment so you were I denying make it. fixing it you were just delaying yeah. it saying oh it might right, still be because, all right or I don't, I'm not ready to face that yet like I'm not yeah, I haven't accepted yeah. my loss yet even though the client thinks it's fine yeah yeah like I might do that yeah, if I have to like, listen but, to some audio or something be, it could be a lot better but if I try to make it better that could be really uncomfortable because now I got to like go in there and potentially stir the pot and that could be risky. But if I do and it all goes okay, then the outcome is a lot better. Should I, or shouldn't I? And I just like, like anyone, you kick the can down the road and it weighs on you. And, and, but then there's this freedom when you do deal with it. And, and that's not necessarily what I'm struggling with at the moment. It's just like these little things like that where I'll like be like, man, I can get myself into these uncomfortable situations or areas of, of life or ventures or whatever. And then I have to ask myself whether I'm, I'm doing the ongoing uncomfortable work of, of moving through them efficiently and not just like, getting to the level of uncomfortable and just staying there (laughs) (laughs) for way too long. You know what I mean? Like, like, it's okay to go into those modes. But for me, it was like, should I be like moving much faster to try to like progress out of this? Um, Yeah. Look, I hear it's like that, like when the car's not clean or something, you got the salvos bag in the, in the, in the, in the trunk and you're, and you keep saying, oh, I've got to do that. I've got to do that. Um, and it's only a tiny level, right? Because I also, for me, like I might be editing some audio where I've done an interview with somebody and I'm like, oh, I don't think it's any good. And I don't want to have to mill, th- mill through two hours of audio and listening to all the times I wish I asked a different question. Or And I, if I do it, I can edit it up and cut and paste it and it comes out okay. But it's mm. it's painful, and if I hadn't nailed it the first so, time, I would have been wrapped. Yeah, but so it see like mm. maybe, um, yeah, no, 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 it's totally. Maybe it's like like publishing a book. You know, you, you you might go out and publish and print a whole bunch of copies, and it's all ready to go, and that takes a lot of risk. And it feels risky, but it's only the beginning of the risk. And then the next step, you have to actually go out and sell the goddamn book and get people to buy it. And then, 
and and you can easily get caught up just dealing with some major publishers and make it feel like you're going somewhere and all of these things. But and then you start asking yourself, well, should I really be going all these other like bookstores and independent places and like really shaking the bushes into social media? Am I doing enough? And and you know that's just life. Uh, it's just what it is. We experience this all the time. Um, but it's surprising how easily it can just ruin a good petrol tank fill up. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, I, I'm thinking all the demoralizing things that happen. I, I think you're talking, about, you're talking about two different things too. You're talking about wanting to push the comfort zone and then realizing that, um, well, perhaps you haven't. Like you're talking about two things, like pushing the comfort zone and then getting stuck there, and then all so pushing the, the comfort zone, succeeding, and then realizing you're filling up your tank again, and going, "Well, I pushed the comfort zone in one area of my life, but have I done it anywhere else?" I'm changing all the decisions I'm making in business, all the, the behaviors I'm doing. I'm really they're radically changed, and they've definitely become around. They've definitely come around because I've got a completely new plan. I've got a much long. I've got a a more long-term plan, a more deliberate plan, all the pieces fit together. And I see myself doing behaviors that I wouldn't have done in the past because before in my DNA, I knew it was a dead end street. So people might've said to me in my younger years, why don't you take out a loan to grow the business? And I wouldn't because I knew that it wouldn't act. I didn't have a, a billing system in place that would ever repay that zone, that, that loan, but they couldn't see that. They'd say, well, no, you've, you know, no, but you really want to grow. You need to inject the money into it to make that happen. Or they might say, well, why don't you go around to schools and, you know, do a pitch and show them what you do. But I knew that really if I did that, they might say, yeah, well, that sounds great. We'll hire you next year because schools sort of work on this on this annual calendar. Right? So it was all that effort and it's a long shot. And all, all the time delay is just, it's just not worth it. Where now... Well, now all my behaviors are very deliberate around particularly new markets. I understand what I'm selling, who wants it, and therefore I don't mind making that call because I'm not actually selling something. I feel like I'm solving people's problem. So I can call them up and instead of saying, hey, I'm great, you should hire me, I say, hey, I heard you got this going on. And they say, yeah, that's pretty relevant. And I go, well, that's right up my alley. And you want to look at a couple ideas I've got for fixing it? And they're like, yeah, we need it fixed. And it's not a sale anymore, but before that wasn't how it was all playing out. And I'm just noticing all my behaviors really, really different. And I'm realizing that's because I've got a different view of what the end game is or what I'm trying to build. And I'm also finding that I've actually got a growing list of what I'm not going to do anymore. Um, or what's just a, has previously been a distraction and has pretty much left me like mill around in that misery because I didn't realize that uh, one, I didn't have that new thing to move into, but two, I didn't have that new thing to move into a little bit because I was putting so much effort into these other tasks that weren't really not moving me forward. Um, but I'll tell you what, another area which is demoralizing is uh, the scales. Only time you're trying to get yourself in shape or fitness. Like when you go for a run, like I've just started running again and my knees are pretty shoddy, but I'm feeling fairly good at the moment. So I'm started to run a little bit. And when I used to be able to rent, run 10 K without a problem, uh, I'm not even getting into the street with before I need to walk at the moment. And you just go, jeez. 
and then you put on a t-shirt and you're like this used to fit me um and 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 they're all like little things that you can't you can't avoid having these experiences and i i i think that we live in a world where we only show you the best stuff like you watch something like the entourage and it's all happening you know and even if they've got a problem it's a cool problem it's like i'm not getting cast for a film and it's like oh what a great problem to have um but we but you, it, it's just i don't think that you can avoid these crappy menial tasks in life and i feel like mm-hmm. all these these crappy they're menial f- failures aren't they really they are, but they can really take hold of you sometimes. Um, I like that this term I heard, I've heard it numerous times before, but it was the first time on Tim Ferriss's show he mentioned it and actually brought a definition to it, which I found quite helpful, and that the term was cognitive bias. I didn't really know what that meant. And really, for uh, when he was referring to was when, say, you're playing chess and you may be winning or it doesn't matter what you're doing, but you make a bad move and making that bad move like gives you a disadvantage, obviously. And then you sort of like buy into the slipstream that can overcome you and, and make you think that you're losing. And so now each move you're making is like defensive when overall you're in a position of offense or you just like, in a position of nothing really potentially, but how quickly that can take down your game of chess. And interestingly, the guy that Joshua Waitzkin, that he's interviewed who was like a world class chess player, he was sort of saying that his key had always been to create chaos where there was order. So he was saying the reason he was so good at chess was because there was people trying to methodic, make everything methodical and have strategy and and then he was like, they'll come undone when a particular, you know, chess move was made. And he was always trying to just make random, I, I guess, like chess moves that would just like disrupt the whole table and even disrupt his own plan just to see what would happen. And then he would just continually purposely do this uh, was his explanation of like a real anchor point for him. He was like, over my whole life, I'm just continually creating chaos where there's order just to see where it takes me next because it's the only way I can get through to something next. Um, and, and, and in some ways, you know, maybe that's the self-reflection. That's the question of my creating enough chaos. But I just thought this, I, I've observed that a lot since sort of the new year, since we last talked about whole new year and all of that, like this, I've been watching this phenomenon of cognitive bias take shape in, in other people's lives and in my own life and where you can just settle into something of, you know, mm. things are working or they're not working. And in, in actuality, there's, there's no data to suggest one way or another. You just convince yourself we're winning the game. We're not, you know, you've seen it. Everybody's seen it in, in a football game in the last quarter, a team is four goals down yet. They're in the lead. Like everyone knows it because of some play that's all it took is one courageous play and then everybody gets inspired the whole game turns and it's like you just um you watch the whole thing unfold because the other team 
There's a, there's yeah, a commentator over here that talks about, uh, he consistently says that AFL football, the Australian national uh, game, is, uh, is a, a, a game of pendulums. It's a pendulum. The, 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 the weight of the game will swing one way and one team is on fire. And if they don't capitalize on scoring during that period, well, the pendulum's going to swing back the other way and then the other team's going to get on fire. And it's so true when you watch it. And I wonder if that can be linked to the cognitive dis- oh, not cog- what you said, the cognitive bias, not a cognitive, I was referring to another thing, but a cognitive bias that you're talking about where one team starts to get on a bit of a roll and the other team feels down. And then at some point, the, the team that's on a roll doesn't, it doesn't have the same attention anymore. They go, oh, we've been doing pretty well here. We've been doing pretty well. And they change their psychology. I know that happens in our basketball games. We'll be we're winning and we'll have a timeout. And one of the guys will say, all right, that's good guys. So let's just settle it down now. Let's slow it down. And I'm like, why would we change what we're doing? <laughs> that, that makes no sense. Yet, yeah, that well, does sort of like pop in, and then the other team has it. They yeah, get their yeah. pendulums, um, and I think, that, yeah, and that's uh, yeah, yeah. You just, you just hear it all the time. Or, yeah. um, but we're doing that in life, aren't we? Where, mm-hmm. you, like, you think about your savings account; it goes up to two grand. You're like, great, and so now I can go shopping, and you spend it, and it goes down to a grand, and then you go, oh god, I haven't got any money, and you go up again, and everyone's got this little range. On everything, on happiness and sadness, on on uh, and their finances, their their weight, their um, their cleanliness of their vehicle, their house, their um, how organised things are. They've, they've got this range of bottom and a top, and we seem to just swing in up and down in them. Um, but I, I and I, I wonder about what you're saying about. The chaos, like, am, am I creating enough chaos in my life? Am I pushing the boundaries enough? Am I out of my comfort zone? When do we feel like that's enough? Because I know for the last six months of my life, it's been pandemonium, and it hasn't been fun. It, it's it's it should be because I'm getting married and shifting houses and doing all these great things that look great from the outside when you visit someone's house and they've got boxes and stuff. Think, oh, how exciting you're moving in. And you're like, yeah, well, every night these boxes repack themselves and in the morning they're bloody still there. And it's quite overwhelming. And then you get to the end of it and you go, oh, I, I like where our life is at now. But we had to go through a lot of chaos to get here. But then, of course, you start thinking, oh, what's the next bit of chaos? And And I think there's a limit to how much risk or uncertainty you can really tolerate before yeah, it's just all, not worth the all, effort. It's just a bloody mess. Yeah. And it's embarrassing. Like, for example, you lastly, if you, if I call a couple of clients today or potential clients, well, that's great. But if I call 10, now I may not be able to service them all and I look yeah, stupid because right. I didn't get back to this one. I didn't write their report. Mm-hmm. At some point, right. it's... You can't go down the list and just call, you know start a whole chain of insanity. Totally get it. But I do think that and if you start at the end with the end in mind, then you can make a better decision on what's pushing the boundaries today. Yeah. Well, travel is a good example. When you're traveling mm. in a new destination and we tend to actively create chaos, but we're always aware that there's a spot we're going to lay our head at the night and lie down on a pillow and it stops. And it gets particularly chaotic when that comes into question it gets particularly stressful when that end point that we thought is not 
the point and then it strings on and and um that is so, so I do true be- so true I- I do believe that controlled chaos is great, but as long as, you know, there's a break and then you start another day and you introduce it all again, as opposed to just continuous and constant chaos, which I think is unhealthy when it's like, you know, I think of that as much more of a, a, you know, a genuine disturbance and problem of household and, um, you know, issues that impact other people in your life where, you know, whatever drugs and sleep deprivation and all those other things. But um, it's interesting about this whole expanding stuff. This is what's tricky about this demoralization thing and filling the fuel tank, right? And cycling to the venue. We want to grow and we want to have more. We want to grow, maybe grow a business, maybe grow the size of family, maybe grow strength at the gym grow ability playing music. But, as much as we're doing that, when you still have to fill the tank of fuel, it can feel like you went nowhere because as you do these fancy things, those menial things don't disappear. Hmm. And they just mount up, if anything. Yeah. They can mount up. Like I look at Ryan and he owns a summit and, the, and, and Brad with his motorbike company. Oh, my gosh. The amount of work they need to do to keep those things running, the amount of things that can go wrong. Ryan in the middle of the night will have a call because some pipe on the property broke for some completely unknown reason. Next thing you know, he's out there for all hours digging holes and got to fix this problem. And then that means he's got to buy a new pump for this. And I don't have that problem. And that's where I'm attracted to the minimalist idea, like the minimalist philosophy of, you know, if you don't have it, you don't have to worry about it. That being said, there is, there is joy in interacting with new things, but then you need to let go of them for the minimalism to continue. But oh, the reason I, where I was going with this was that I I liked what Tim Ferriss said recently. Is one of his in in uh, the Four Hour Chef. He talks about. By the way, it's not the Four Hour Chef. That book's like a thousand pages. Anyway, it's it's tedious. But in the Four Hour Chef, he talks about learning to swim and he'd been a terrible swimmer and really incompetent when he explains how he learned to swim you're like yeah he was really incompetent well he and then he went on this ocean swim for a mile and he felt confident and comfortable and i thought geez that's really an exhilarating exercise he like he's still gonna fill the car with fuel right and he's still gonna have to chop his own vegetables and clean out the fridge like nobody loves doing any of that stuff when you're like you know, picking up dog poo and stuff. But those things are still going to exist. But I do like the idea of at least engaging in something that's exhilarating because you took the risk. And I wonder sometimes if the risk that we create by calling the client or asking that person out on a date or quitting a job, if it's exhilarating or if it's just... It's just because we're trying to think we should push the boundaries like you were saying before. And so this exhilarating thing is something I've been toying with a little bit more lately, thinking, all right, I want I want to I want to feel like alive, like I just jumped out of a plane for the first time. And I know the things that do that for me are different things that do it for Broner, because we have had different backgrounds. I enjoyed going to corporate stuff right now and she's just done that stuff for a long time where I've hiked a lot of mountains and 
jumped off a lot of things with, you know, I've done a lot of climbing and outdoor stuff that's actually, oh, that's the mail just arriving. It's just landed on a pile. It's a metre high. Um, <laughs> um, How's your heart feel now? you just got a delivery full of, like, the kind of crap I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, now i got to open that mail. Um, so, um, yeah, so they've got different ideas of what exhilarate us, but I was, I was thinking, well, if I'm going to stretch the boundaries, I want to do it on something that's going to feel really exhilarating. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I certainly don't feel bored at all right now or any of those sort of issues. Not saying that I think you, you sound like you are or anything. I just mean um, it's not as though I'm looking for more excitement or exhilaration, although sometimes I wonder with what you're talking about there whether that would be a healthy balance to have something outside of the thing where you have the most maybe stress or the most um, – yeah, where you're putting yourself out there the most, that sometimes it might be healthy to look to another area to, it's not that you're providing relief, you're actually providing a healthier, easier, different stress or yeah. something. Well, I've always but, felt we need two goals. Even as a young kid, I remember saying to dad, oh, I think you need two goals. And the reason I was thinking that is because once you, if I'm baking a cake and I put it in the oven, well, I've got half an hour to wait now. So what am I going to do? Well, I could, if I'm interested in pottering in the garden, then I go to the garden and I can fill that time. Otherwise, I might just watch some television or be bored or wait. And sometimes if you've got nothing to do, then you keep opening the oven to see if the cake's cooked. And so do you feel like you've got two goals? Well, I feel like I do, but I'm in a stage right now where I'm developing them again because, and as I said to you off air, because- January was so full on with preparing a wedding and then February was full on and then March, everybody was here and everyone's just left, left literally last Saturday, everybody just finally left after about, we had people here for five, six weeks. I finally got space to think through things again and I'm looking at well, what do I want to do and in my work, I'm really clear. I've got professional goals. I've got things I'm working on. I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. It's exciting. I can see the rewards. I can see how to do it. It's awesome. Then when it's, say, it's five o'clock and I need to knock off, well, what's the, what's the goal at that point? And some people will say, you relax. Yeah, you do relax, but you still have the weekend free and you go, what do I want to spend this time on? And so I've just started to think, ponder that. Well, what's my thing that I'd like to enjoy outside of work that I think would be really exhilarating? And we travel a lot and I really enjoy traveling. But when I heard the story about Tim Ferriss learning to swim, it was something he never, ever thought he'd be able to do. I was like, oh, that's interesting, isn't it? Like, it'd be interesting if that goal outside of home, but outside of work was exhilarating um, or something you never thought you'd be able to do. And I'm trying to ponder, what did I never thought I'd be able to do, but I'm doing? Um, I feel like I go in and out of that second goal. Um, I don't have a lot of moments in life where I've been active on two. But if I reflect back, I mean, I feel like for me, it's, it's outside of a work environment. It, it feels like it's focusing on, developing a great family um 
And that's certainly an honourable goal, but it's mm. pretty hard to put. It's not task oriented. So, mm. so there's not like you know there's. Yeah, okay. It's more moment it's, to it's moment, not like training for yeah. a marathon or you know less, learning less a new instrument where you have to dedicate a certain amount of time and, and mm. see progression, um, and see whether or not you're conquering it. So. Yeah, I wonder whether that would be more helpful. Yet, I, I don't know what I would do. And the problem is, is that uh, if there's one thing I feel like I've picked up a lot from our discussions over the time that I didn't realize I, um, well, yeah, that that has been really good for me is that if you don't, if you're not naturally doing it, like you shouldn't punish yourself for it so to speak I don't know how to language that right but essentially you know the reason people don't go to the gym is because there's there's something else that's more important to them so they should just recognize that not punish themselves for not going to the gym but just recognize that they're whatever the the online forum for programmers that they just fall into is, is just way more interesting to them and maybe work with that at some level and figure out how they can, you know, still achieve the outcome they want with, without denying themselves of what they're genuinely interested in. Um, so I, I become much more aware of the fact that there are certain things I could do, but I also try not to kid myself and, take them on as this secondary goal just for the sake of it being a goal that I'm going to lose interest in. And Yes, 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 yes. This is where the listening comes in. Like you've got to listen to what it is that actually interests you. That's why the exhilaration thing is interesting because usually people have their second goals as a list of shoulds, really. They think, oh, you know, oh, I'd like to be at the gym more. Really? Would you love being at the gym? And if you loved it, you'd be started to do with it. It's usually where your mind's going anyway. You're already toying with it. Like you, you find yourself. It's, it, it's a different language. It's like if I could just get to the gym versus I really should get to the gym. And like when I look at a the piano at the house, I don't think oh, I really should practice the piano. It's like if I could just get 10 minutes, mm. that would be so cool. Right, like exactly. It, it's like, that's so cool. That would it, feel great. Like, yes. uh, to the point where, like, I played your piano briefly at your house for, like, three seconds, five, ten seconds. And ever since I was even there, I was, like, because it was in tune. I hadn't been on an in-tune piano for months and months and months and months. And I was, I still regret not having just moved the stuff that was in front of the seat. So I could have just sat down and actually enjoyed playing it. Because I was like, you idiot. You've had uninterrupted moment where you could have just sat for five minutes and just enjoyed it. But I, you know, but isn't that interesting so, when it's dangled right in front of you and you just, and I guess yeah. that's why we have it as a goal with people. It can sound so anal, but it, it's, it's as in we like try to go, I want to play the piano for four hours every week, but really until we have that decision, you just don't move into it. You don't, you, you don't and, notice the opportunity. And it's so easy to, deny yourself of those things too. Um, you know, somebody who is passionate about going to the gym and they'll deny themselves of it because they're 
family is more important and they really need to be at home to make breakfast for the kids because if I leave, then my husband has to do it and then he's going to be late for work and it puts more stress and it's just easier if I don't. And But at the end of the day, they would just do it very naturally if they could. And so may as well keep trying to make space for that if you're aware of that being something you just naturally move into. Um, it is a fitness though to notice and to and to and to act on it. And often people get so busy they just don't recognize or they don't, they don't allow the desire. They think, oh no, I can't because there's been so many other occasions where they couldn't. And it becomes a habit to have the drive and go, yeah, but no. <laughs> and yeah, and and so that's and I'm I'm at the moment where I'm trying to notice what Am I really interested in? And I noticed one of the things is, even said to B, because we've got time on the weekend, I said, well, I really want to spend a fair few hours reading this book. And that's like awesome, right? Like if I read a book for a couple of hours, I'm wrapped. I'm not saying I should read that book. Like I really want to read this stuff. I want to learn this. And, and it's just about noticing where your mind gravitates when you don't have obligation and then just giving yourself permission to do that sometimes. And it could be just like, Oh, you love watching YouTube. If it was up to me, I'd watch YouTube right now. I'd like, we'll watch it. So when you see if I've got two goals, the, the things that I'm interested in at the moment are learning Italian. Cause we're going there in a few months, um, improving my basketball and, Oh, what was the other thing? I've forgotten. There were three things that I wrote down the other day. Oh, and the cooking. So I really, I'm starting, I want to be able to just learn enough about cooking so that I can cook well when I want to. And I can cook fine, but, you know, I'd like to be able to cook like a chef. And that's why I'm reading Four Hour Chef, amongst other things. But I was like, yeah, these are three things that I want. But then I start, I've actually started writing in my diary when everything might happen to see if it's possible. And... I'm quickly becoming aware that I could say, oh, I want to practice, say, basketball for half an hour, three times a week. Well, that's fine, except I've got to get to a court. And if it's an outdoor court, the weather could be bad and it's no good, or there could be other people on the court, so I can't get to shoot hoops. So then I might need to go to MSAC to get an indoor court where I can rent one. But even then, they've got limited hours when that's available. And suddenly I start having all these problems where it's actually not half an hour. It's actually two hours. And, and so I'm trying to work, I've actually written down everything I want in my week and I'm asking myself, well, I'm just actually, I'm not putting it down as a schedule. What I've been doing is testing to see, is this plausible? So spending a week doing that stuff and going, well, and asking myself how, how much of that actually worked and how much of that didn't happen because of lack of drive or how much of that didn't happen because it's just not plausible or is this a heavy work week, like contact hours with clients, um, and I'm also trying to assess which one's the priority out of these things on, that I want to do. Is the Italian a priority? Is the basketball a priority? Is the cooking a priority? Because you're not going to be able to do them all really well. And which one? And uh, it, it's an interesting period at the moment, just really just quietening the mind so I can hear and choose and and also notice what's at the expense of that. So if I decide to do them all, then I'll never see Brona. You know, and uh, I'll talk to her about learning basketball, but no, <laughs> it's just it's not really a passion. Um, 
Uh, but back to that, that cake model, that's what I was saying about, like, I think in business and any time we, we, if we're only cooking the cake, then we meddle with the cake too much where if we can go, right, that's underway. I'm going to let that go for a week or two. Like even people go to the gym too much. It's because, oh, I'll go back to the gym because they haven't got anything else. But really their body needed to rest for two days. And they didn't realize that they're, that they're working out too much actually if they really, really wanted to be their best. But the truth is they're enjoying going to the gym. Then if you're enjoying going to the gym, that's fine. But if you've got an outcome, you've got to, you know, you probably need two goals so that you can do one thing while you're not doing the other. As a matter of fact, at the gym, they play this video, a whole lot of videos all the time. There's quite a few bodybuilders that are absolutely huge. And then they show you what they're doing with their free time. And they've often got really interesting passions. And this other guy, he's an artist and he will paint these incredible pictures when he's not at the gym. You're like, mm. oh, interesting. Yeah, it's always those things we enjoy seeing or hearing about people that you no, and you just had no idea they had this whole other talent. It's quite refreshing to see, isn't it? Um, you know, I like Steve Steve Martin. I don't know if you've seen him, but he plays banjo and is a great singer and has a band. And it's just like it's cool seeing a, a talented artist play, just do something different. And um, I think I made that mistake when I was a kid. I was not really immersing myself in anything except for my work. And I actually thought I couldn't because I had so much, I didn't know how to generate the work. So I thought I had to pedal all the time, unaware that if I took, say, Saturdays off to play basketball or go for, you know, join join some sort of club or team or some community that it would actually be enhancing. But I didn't, I didn't really recognize that. So now catching up for lost time because I think a lot of these elite people do have other interests anytime you you know hear them interviewed if you ask you know it's got some amazing stories of their their other interests you're like huh what's my other interest well not just elite people I just think uh, and I'm sure you probably correct the phrase but happy people tend Mm. to have that right and um Mm. But some happy people also seem to be blissfully unaware too. <laughs> some happy people um, maybe just have other people filling up their tank for them. <laughs> it's like seriously, like well, some, yeah, some just don't even have cars and don't have any of that shit. So uh, it is always funny when you see someone super high high profile down the street just doing something really bland, like standing in line at the bank or something. <laughs> 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 you're like, ah, see, you're a loser like me. <laughs> Your life's ordinary too. Um, that's great. Well, mate, I'm going to sign up because my little guy Cameron just woke up and I'm going to take him back upstairs and help settle him. So, um, hey, it's been awesome to chat and um, maybe we'll catch up and Maybe, chat again next maybe week. we'll hang out next week yeah we'll just see what happens you know it's, it's we'll cool man whatever <laughs> only if it hey, suits you don't go any trouble I know mean, it's not really stretching your comfort zone at the moment we don't want to put you out <laughs> see you mate alright see you later mate see you, everyone you've been listening to Risking Failure to join the community and access more free content news and updates subscribe at riskingfailure.com <laughs>